0: Romans chapter 13, we're going to read one verse, and then we're just going to go from there. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 7, render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for each and every one that's here. Lord, I pray for those who are not here. And Lord, I pray for uh, Richard and, and Miss Ola, Father. I know that they've been fighting this sickness, Lord, and, and Miss Ola with some of the health problems. We pray for her, Lord. We certainly lift her name up uh, to you, Father, that you would intervene on her behalf. And, Father, be able to touch her body and help her to get the help that she needs, Father, so that she can get back to church uh, like she needs to be. And, Father, for those who are not here for one reason or another, Lord, I pray today, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would touch their hearts, Lord, and help them to know, Father, that this is the place to be. And, Father, it's not uh, something that's optional in a Christian's life, Lord, but it's, it's something that we need. We need to gather with the church, to be part of the church, Lord. And, Father, I pray that you'd help me as I preach this message, Lord, help, us, help me not to be distracted, Father, Lord, by things that have been going on, or things that will take place this week. Or, Lord, anything that might take place while I'm preaching, Lord, I pray that to stay focused on the message that you have for your people today. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much, Lord, for those who have uh, have served. And, Father, many have given their life. We've paid the ultimate sacrifice, Father, for our freedoms. And, Lord, we certainly don't want to forget them and their families. And Lord, we want to pray for those who are who have made it back, Father, and are with us today. Or, uh, Father, we'll be seeing this week. And, Lord, may we say thank you. And, Father, show the the spirit of Christ, Lord, with our gratefulness to them. Lord, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible also says in John chapter 15, verse 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know, as we pause to remember those who have served, who have sacrificed so much for our freedoms, every one of us, every family, uh, in this building today, every person here knows somebody, is related to somebody that has served their country, and for them to do that. Now, I know we talk about salaries, and we do this, and we have this, and we can get this paid for. But really, it is a sacrifice to leave your family behind, to go somewhere, and to serve your country, which you're fighting for the freedoms. Now, you say, well, I don't agree with the government, and I'm not going to fight for such such a government. Well, I can be totally honest with you. If you would ask them, they wouldn't really be fighting for the government either, but they're fighting for their families. They're fighting for their friends. They're standing for what's true. And I praise the Lord for, uh, for soldiers, amen, who, who are out there so that we're here today and we're not uh hidden in a basement somewhere huddling around and, and trying to sing softly the songs of Zion but we can openly sing we could if we wanted to if we could we could broadcast it out on the street and we could preach the word of god you know we could walk up today and stand on the courthouse and sing songs and we wouldn't have to be in fear of somebody coming and, and taking us off and hauling us off to jail yes they 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 have the rights those who would oppose us they have the rights to say we don't want you doing that but they don't have more rights than we do to do and stand by our convictions. Amen. And praise the Lord for those who have fought for our freedoms and who have served and really have served us. Amen. And praise the Lord for that. We should live our lives that shows our gratitude to them for their service. Um, I, I, My grandfather didn't uh, say much about fighting in the war he had some pictures and I remember as a little boy I wasn't allowed to see the pictures until later on in life and then we was able to see the pictures and you say well why would he show you pictures of war and what took place one of the things he said and I just said it a minute ago is that so nobody can ever say it didn't happen and they you say they would never say that I mean some whack job off in a far land might um no but they're not that far away they're not that far away, and people denying what has taken place in the past, and folks, we we are doomed to repeat that if we say it never happened, if we say if we believe it never happened. You know, I read a poem this week that I think is very truthful, and it's it's by an unknown author, and it's called "The Nation's Strength." I'm going to read that to us this morning. It says, "I know three things that must always be to keep a nation strong and free. One is a hearthstone bright and dear." with busy, happy loved ones near. One is a ready heart and hand to love and serve and keep the land. One is a worn and beaten way to where the people go to pray. So long as these are kept alive, nation and people will survive. God keep them always everywhere, the hearth, the flag, the place of prayer. And I say righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach, to any people. Amen. Now we can point the fingers and we can say it's because of that crowd and it's because of that party that our nation is in the shape that it's in. But would to God if God's people would stop complaining so much and start praying a little more than we complain? Amen. What if God's people would find time instead of all the, the, the activities that we're involved in, say, listen, I'm going to stop doing that and I'm going to go to the Lord and I'm going to ask for my nation. If you go back through the word of God, you'll find many times the prophets of God, when they went to the Lord, they confessed the sins of their nation. I find that very interesting because we don't want to be associated with anything that's sin in our nation. We say things like this. Well, that's not the nation that I know. And I understand what we mean, but we don't want to be associated with sin. But we find that the prophets of God, when they came, when they came to the Lord, they confessed the sins of their nation. Well, I, I believe they love their nation like they should. They had a desire for God to do a great thing. You know, uh, we as Christians, sometimes we can feel a sense of confusion, seeing how far from God in the Bible our nation has strayed. Paul, writing in Romans, says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for God, to God, for Israel, is that they might be saved. Amen is that they might be saved. Now, I believe, I I thank God for the privilege of voting. And I believe it's a right for everybody. And I I do believe it's a responsibility that you have to vote. And I, I, I truly believe that. But can I ask you today, what is the desire of your nation? Is it to overturn a political party that is in power? Or is it to see revival? Now, revival is not going to start at the top, folks. He said, well, it could. I'm not saying it couldn't. But where it's going to start is right here in my heart. It's going to start in your heart. And until we become and we see ourselves as a very prideful people and a very selfish people. I was talking to Joe last night. We were sitting there as we were having a cup of coffee right before we went to bed. I said, my goodness, I said, you can boil it all down. Every strife in our lives, every little spat that we have, we can always boil it down to one thing selfishness on our parts you have an argument with somebody why are you arguing with them selfishness it's pride the bible says only by pride cometh contention and it's important that we understand that until we do the bible says in in second chronicles 7 verse 14 if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray you know we can pray yes but until we understand where we are at our prayers don't do any good don't go to the Lord with your pride and a pride in prayer and point out everybody else's faults while you're praying to the Lord until we find time to ask the Lord, forgive us of the pride in our own lives and to humble ourselves. Can I ask us, what is the desire for our nation today? And we need to have a, to have a concern for the lost. We need to say, well, I'm going to do what I can do to my part. I might be the only person in this land that is going to stand and have true convictions, which you're not. There's many others. Don't get the Elijah syndrome, amen, that it's just me and only me. No, there's, Bible says that we're not alone. There's many others out there. Amen. We have a church, praise the Lord. Thank God we have a church where we can come together. We can encourage one another. Thank God for the friendships that we have in the church. Amen. Amen. May we always remember that we have a responsibility to pray for our nation and its leaders. I think, as I said before, I think we're better at complaining than we are at praying. We see today the importance of remembering. I mention this because it's up to us to teach the next generation the meaning of the day, why we're here. Why we celebrate this day. Why is it Remembrance Day? Because we want to make sure it's not just something that's forgotten. I, I we, we think about nine eleven and for many of us it's very fresh in our minds. But for a lot of others that were that are in this church today, they don't remember nine eleven because they weren't born. And it's up to us to be able to to relay to them what you felt on that day. And so you won't forget. And so it's up to us that I ha- I have never been to war. But I have family members that have been to war. Josie has several in her family. I have several in my family. Her, her brother was in the, uh, in the Navy and over during the Gulf War. Um, I have a cousin right now who's, who's uh, he's in the Navy. Uh, she has uncles that were with it, over in Af- Afghanistan and in Iraq. You say, uh, well, you know, that's, that's just something, to shame on that our countries would make them go over there. But I just thank God that they are willing to go. That They're willing to go. Amen. Our children need to learn our history, the sacrifices that have been made for the freedoms they enjoy, and all too often that we all take for granted. Can I say, I think one of the greatest disservices that we've done, that I see in Canada, is there's very little to do with history taught. Now, I say true history, true history. Now, you can find it, and many of you have given me books, and I praise the Lord for that. But to be able to talk to somebody on the street and say, can you tell me just a little bit about it? And you say, well, why would you do that? I did it a lot. We moved over. I can remember sitting down. So what's this day mean? And I got so many answers like this. I really don't know. And so I did some searching myself. I believe the greatest message that we've ever heard on on patriotism was preached by Brother Jamie Grooms. And he preached on and he brought out the godly heritage of Canada and the godly men that were there, the founding fathers. Uh, 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 listen, can I say why he had to dig deep? I talked to him, say, brother, where'd you get it? He's like, brother, it took me a long time to dig that up because it's hidden. Right. We need to teach our kids the truths of the men and, and and women that have gone on before. I like biographies. I like reading stories. And we had a a a, a CD that we've passed around to several people, and uh, Susanna. Wesley, thank you. And uh, if, if you're interested in listening to it, uh, I think Tim's got it right now. And, and if we get it back, we can pass it around. A really, really good story of somebody who lived a, a sacrificial life for the Lord, serving the Lord. And somebody who realized the importance of teaching our children, teaching our children. They need to learn our history and to learn in the sacrifices that have been made for the freedoms that we enjoy. The future of our nation demands that its citizens have a sense of history and place, amen? It, it, it's part of, of many of our, our, our heritage, our family's heritage. That's part of us. We need to remember and honor the sacrifices of those who have gone before us. And I say freedom is not free. And, and those who recognize its cost will continue to pay its price, amen? So it's preserved for the next generation. That's why it's good to be here today. That's why it's good tomorrow to take your kids and or, or to go somewhere to something and watch a ceremony and, and, and go up to a veteran and say, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your service to my country. Many times that I I can remember calling my grandfather and calling him up. And I remember one time we was on a roof in, in Virginia. I was working with my brothers and I said, you know what we should do? What? And we said, I don't know if it was Memorial Day over there, or, or maybe it was. Yeah, I think so. And We said we should call. Grandpa Atkins was the one who was, who was living. Grandpa Nestle who passed away, We said, we should call him and just say thank you. And I remember we did. And he was like, "Oh, oh, well, I, well, it's good to hear from you, boys." You know, he was kind of shove it aside, like most of them do. It's important to set aside time to remember the sacrifices that have been made for us. Amen. We find many places in the Word of God, we find times of remembrance. We set aside a time and participate in activities that will cause us to think about the past. And can I say, we'll we'll gain a sense of of the moving of God's providential hand, which turns the tides of the world, and, and we'll see what God was doing and how God was doing this. And can I say that God can do it again? God's people would be just willing. Is that true for nations now as it was true for the ancient nations? We think of the nation of Israel. We find that there is a remembrance, even in a, a central aspect of our worship of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. We find some memorials in Scripture. We find uh, there was there was times when they set aside days or or maybe objects uh, of remembrance so they could remember a certain thing that God did for them, a certain point in their history, so they just wouldn't go on and they wouldn't forget about it. For example, and we're not going to turn all these scriptures for the sake of time, we find in Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17, God, God established the rainbow as a sign of his covenant with Noah, that he would not flood the earth again as he did. And I don't know about you, but I was taught as a young boy, as a little boy, that every time you see the rainbow... That's a promise from God, and to remember that God would never flood the Earth like He did before. And I still to this day, I teach my kids, there's a promise, there's a promise. And God said, he, he established that, and he said, he gives us the sign of the rainbow to say that I will never do what I have done like I've done at this time. Praise the Lord for that. We find in Exodus chapter 12 and chapter 13, the Lord brings about his plagues upon Egypt, which resulted in Pharaoh finally releasing God's people and letting them go. But we find that there was instituted the Lord established the feast of Passover for a yearly remembrance of what was done. You came out of Egypt. The lamb was slain. The blood was applied. Can I say many today, the, the lamb was slain, but the blood has not been applied. And if a blood hasn't been applied to your life, don't leave here today. I would say stand up right now and we'll close the service so that you can be saved because there's nothing more important than being saved and knowing that you're saved. We find the Passover is a yearly reminder of this event and that the freedom that resulted from it. We find in Joshua chapter 3 that records the crossing of the Jordan River on, on dry ground. I think it's interesting as, it, as you grow in the Lord, the Lord will increase your faith. We find the Red Sea. What happened at the Red Sea? God said to to Moses, he said, Moses, stretch out your rod. And he did. And the waters departed. But when he came to crossing the Jordan, what did he do? He said, go ahead and step in. Go ahead and step in. Did they get wet? No. They walked across on dry ground. But this time, God said, instead of parting the water, he said, you go ahead and step in the water. (coughs) And you step down into the water, and the Lord parted the water. We find when they did that God told Joshua, He said, Take a man from each tribe and have them get a stone and bring it over and put it up on a pile so they'll always remember. So, when someday the little ones won't have any idea what took place in the past, they'll come by and they'll see this great big pile of stones and they'll say, What in the world do these stones mean? And we'll be able to tell them how God brought us over to River Jordan. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we find that in Joshua chapter 3. We find that the book of Esther records the plot of Haman, a a high official in the king of court to annihilate the Jews, just to, to destroy them, all the ones living in Persia. And the plot was reversed by the efforts of Queen Esther. Praise the Lord. And to this day, there's still a remembrance because of that day. Matthew chapter 26, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we have communion. It was given to us as a way of to remember what the Lord did for us. Now I, I am against communion every Sunday. I am against it. You see, well, I, I believe you ought to have it every Sunday. No, I, I'm against it every Sunday. I'm against it having it as as a ritual, just kind of a formality. And I've been involved in churches where it was, and people were like, "Oh yeah, that's it's the first Sunday, and we we got to do it now." And I. They do it. They don't even know why they do it. And I'm against going to a a service tomorrow and not understanding why you're going there. You're going there because the masses are going there? No, you're going there because you're going to show your respect. You're going to remember what was done for us in the past. When we take communion, we are remembering what was done for us, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's important that we remember it. The Bible is very clear. It's important that we have Times of a memorial, we find that memorials are were not just prompted by a particular day or sites, but also in what was written. We find that David wrote about uh, both in Psalms thirty-eight and Psalms thirty for the express purpose purpose of being a memorial of what God had done. We find today in our society there's many ballads, songs that are written and poems uh, uh, in Flanders Fields. Many of them have been written so that we will remember what took place. We will remember. There's a, we go around and we can see the cemeteries. You can go to the cemeteries and there's gravestones. Why are they put there? Well, we want to make sure we remember where they were buried. Well, we want to make sure we remember them. We remember them. We don't go there and we don't bow down to a gravestone. And But it's there. There's a memory there. You go there and you can see a place. And that's where you laid your loved ones to rest. And as a Christian, you know that one day, that old body that's laying in there, that's decayed, one day it's coming up out of there. Praise the Lord. And it's going up to get a new body. Amen. Praise the Lord. As Christians, we celebrate Remembrance Day for a couple of reasons. I must look at them really quickly this morning. And first we find in Romans 13, verse 7, where we read this morning, it's the Lord commands us to give honor, to whom honor is due. I would say the best way to honor those who who are serving or who have served is to pray for them. Well, the best way to honor anybody is to pray for them. Really. Truthfully pray. Not not just, I'm going to pray for you. How many times have we lied to people by saying, I'll pray for you, but we've gone on and haven't prayed? How many times have we said, Yes, uh, I've been praying for you? We really haven't been praying. And God forgive us. One of the best ways to honor those who have served and who are serving today is to pray for them. We'll find also that number two, this. This also helps us in, in thanking God for the freedoms that we enjoy as a result of the sacrifice made by so many. James chapter 1 verse 17 tells us that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness or shadow of turning. We say, well, I don't know about this and, and that person, they're not saved, but they are a gift to us. And we thank God for them because we have the freedoms that we have today and that we enjoy. Praise the Lord. Amen. We remember the sacrifice of others. It's appropriate to thank God who strengthened those who made that sacrifice. You say, well, maybe the, may, may the best side win. No. May we be on the Lord's side. May we be on the Lord's side. Amen. Noah Webster defines sacrifice as to destroy, surrender, or suffer to be lost for the sake of obtaining something of greater good. He illustrates this definition in a sentence, which he says we should never sacrifice health to pleasure, nor integrity to fame. Right. You know, we would do well as, as free citizens to remember the sacrifice of those who never made it home, right. who are buried in a foreign field, so that we can stand here today and we can praise the Lord. We can go out, as we did yesterday, and we can knock on doors with my 13-year-old boy, and I can. we can stand there, and I don't have to be looking like this and scared that somebody's going to come around and and take us away, as we just heard about a missionary. uh was in a foreign country. I'm not going to say because we're putting this online, but we just were with them a couple weeks ago that him, his daughter, and his son were out. And he said a a police car pulled up and men jumped out and grabbed them and just threw them in the car and away they went. And they spent a lot of time getting through red tape because all they were simply doing is walking around talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about that because of those who went and never came home. Or those who went and came home different than they went when they left. I can stand here today with the freedom that I have and thank God for those who have served and are still serving today. Can I say maybe we have the utmost respect for the soldiers who have given their life for freedom's cause. We need to, we need to remember them and thank God for them. And I, can I tell you, when you see one of them, walk over and get their name and tell them you're going to be praying for them and tell them thank you for their service. Amen. We come this morning as we close this message. May I remind you of another sacrifice offered for us. Sacrifice offered for all mankind. A sacrifice that brings the highest freedom that man can know. Spiritual freedom. It'd be a shame to live in a free country and still be in bondage. It'd be a shame to live in a free country where we enjoy the freedoms that we have but yet still be in bondage to sin. The Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 5, just back a few pages from where we were in chapter 13. In Romans chapter 5, the man that we speak of and the sacrifice that we speak of is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I love hearing stories of countries that have been liberated. I love looking at history books. And I love seeing countries when a when a nation, when a particular nation come through, and I always wondered where in the world did they get the flags? <laughs> you know, I don't somebody went in ahead and passed out flags, you know, and and they've been liberated, so they're flying the, the flag of the nation that's liberating them. They're so excited. Where did they get them? But I, I love seeing pictures like that. You can just see the their relief. I, I read this week of, of the Berlin Wall coming down when it was opened up, and people were able to go home, over, and, and they just they stood in front of the stores with all the bright lights, and they just looked at it. And, and they said if we'd walk by and ask them, they said, we just cannot be, believe how we've been lied to for so long. And I think I love seeing pictures like that. And I, I can't imagine what it would feel like when you would if you were part of a liberating force. When you go in my my, my grandfather was there and he liberated several concentration camps. And he would go in to the people who were just just skin and bones and bodies piled high. And he would go there and he would liberate those people and they really most of them were too weak where they couldn't walk. But to be there, to know that you're taking part in something so great of saving people's lives. But we can have a small piece of that, can't we? And maybe even greater responsibility when we preach the gospel. When you look at somebody and they've lived their life for themselves. And you tell them that, hey, listen. Jacob, and I yesterday, went to several doors we heard a lot of excuses why people won't come to church. We've heard allergies to this and allergies to that. We heard that, you know, um, I keep the Ten Commandments, so I'm good to go. And We heard a lot of different things. We heard one lady, we, I am born again. I just, I'm not going to come to church. And uh, she's told us a lot of other things. And hey, she's born again. I, I pray that she is and I praise the Lord that she is. And I told her that. Heard a lot of excuses, but I can't imagine living my life hoping that I'm going to be okay and rejecting the greatest gift that was ever offered to mankind. Folks, today, if you're here and you don't know for sure that you're saved, it doesn't matter how respectful you are to those who have served, but if you forget and you neglect to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is no hope for you. There is no hope. You see, the Bible says, "To whom, uh, to whom has been given, or to whom much has been given, much is required." And I can say, and I, I can speak truthfully for North America, that North America has been blessed by God more so, probably than 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 this world has ever seen. Really, I mean, we've had the gospel, we've had great revivals. I mean, by Goodness, what God has done with us. And they kind of just turn our backs on him. There's much required out of us. And you can't, listen, may there never be a soul that goes to hell that we've had contact with that will ever be able to say, nobody ever told me. Nobody ever told me. Praise the Lord for countries have been liberated. But there's souls out there who need to be liberated. They need to be saved. There's souls out there. And the Lord has his army. The Lord has his church in River Valley Baptist, Woodstock, New Brunswick, River Valley Baptist Church here, and Woodstock, New Brunswick. And we have been put here that we can go out, we can talk to our family, we can talk to our friend, we can talk to complete strangers, and we can tell them that there's hope in Jesus Christ. They don't have to face death one day and hope that they're going to be okay. They don't have to, to be on death's doorstep or on their deathbed and just hoping that what they believe is okay. Without trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is no hope. No hope. Yeah. It's not about a religion. It's about your relationship with Jesus Christ, the Lord. And folks, if you if we fail to preach the gospel... And if you're here today and you're not saved, if you fail to receive the gospel message, it's all in vain. It's a waste. Let's remember the sacrifice that was given to us by our Lord. I can't help but think, I'll just be totally honest with you, yesterday, I didn't. That was not a great excitement in my heart to go out and knock on doors. I struggle with it. I, I struggle with it. Talking to somebody. You say, well, yeah, but you're, you're a preacher. It is just, it doesn't change the fact. I know other men and, and women who don't have a problem to walk up to a complete stranger. and uh, Brother Norman, when I was with him knocking on doors, I mean, he walked to the stranger. I don't know what they were saying, but he was very forceful. My goodness, he really put it out there. And, you know, I, 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 I'm not that way. But you know what? I think what the Bible says about crucifying the flesh I think about my Lord and what he went through and the beatings that he took. I think about my Lord on that day when the Bible says, All forsook him. All forsook him. But he went ahead. He went ahead and he went to that cross and he would have done it if I was the only one that was on the face of this earth. He would have done it for me. Man, we could, let's honor the Lord. Honor the Lord by serving him and doing what he's commanded us to do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. That sacrifice that was given, Lord, may we never forget that. Thank you, Lord, for those who have served. But, Lord, if we forget, Father, to uh, take advantage of our freedoms that we have, Lord, we're going to lose them. Lord, we know that from history. Help us to take advantage of what we have, the freedoms that we have, to tell others about the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I love you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.